If I were to ask you the most common question that is asked of us at this ministry, what would you say? I'm pretty sure you already know the answer to that question. I will tell you in just a moment. This is a teaser. But first, I want to thank you for joining me for the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net. If you have any questions for us, we would be more than happy to interact with you with your questions for as long as you want to interact with us. That is what we do. We are an interactive ministry and got some good news here. A couple of weeks ago, we added a new feature to our website. It's a live chat feature. And that feature helps us to help you more effectively to get you where you want to get to. I realize there's a lot of people that come to our website and it's like, well, I don't know where to go, don't know what to do. Or maybe you're technically challenged and you need a little bit of assistance. Well, that is what our live chat feature is for. And one of the one question that's been asked more than once, am I talking to a real person? Yes, you are. If you're on our live chat feature, you're talking to a, a real live human being, and we are real people who want to interact with you and we want to help you. And so ask your question, and it has to be a technical question. Unfortunately, we're not able to answer life questions, relationship questions, marriage questions, uh, whatever you're struggling with questions in live chat because, uh, well, there are only a, a couple of us that are interacting with the live chat, and we're just not able to do that. It is for technical things. We can get you to the forum. We can get you uh, help you to sign up. We can lead you to some articles. Uh, but if you have a relationship, marriage, personal, situational question, it's not for that. So, I don't want to set you up for disappointment, but I know that there have been quite a few people already who say, hey, I want to talk to you privately right now. Well, you have to understand that would shut our ministry down if we did that. We just don't have the human resources to dedicate in a one-to-one -one ratio it's one of the reasons that we have this sanctification center. We can lead you to stuff so that you can feed yourself. And, of course, we do have our forums where our team can interact with you. We have more people that can interact with you on our forums, but not on live chat. And we're going to continue to work hard at staying interactive. I don't want to just shove resources in cyberspace and us be distanced from them and distant from you. We want to get down amongst the people. We want to interact with the multitudes, and we can do that, but it is in a limited way, and you'll have to understand that. But we will continue to strive, work hard to figure out how we can get in amongst you to serve you in the most effective way. And so our live chat feature, what it does is it creates a bridge between you and our ministry. Because again, well, I led this podcast by saying what is the most common question that's asked. Uh, I was framing that within personal problems, but honestly, the most common question that is asked in this ministry is, how do I find something? How do I log in? How do I donate? How to become a member? Where do I find this article? The most common questions historically have been technological questions. 
how do I change my password, etc. And so now we have a way of getting closer to you and helping you directly. You don't have to call. You don't have to write a letter. You don't have to send an email. We can talk to you real time and we can get you the answers that you want and get you to the people that you need to talk to, especially if you have a relationship issue. So please don't be timid. Use our live chat, and and we'll be glad to direct you. But that one caution, uh, we can't answer your problems in live chat because there's only two of us right now. We're not going to be able to do that, uh, but we can get you where you need to go. So I led this podcast by asking what is the most common question that is asked of our ministry outside of technological things? Well, you already know the answer to that is marriage problems. Marriage problems is the number one thing. It's the number one reason that people come to this site. It is the thing. The marriage articles are the articles that uh, people read the most and and that's understandable because when you have a marriage, well, the way I said, you have two sinners in a box. You have two sinners in a box, which is your house. And when two sinners live in proximity of each other for an unended, extended period, well, guess what? There's going to be problems, and there cannot be any exceptions to that rule. And, of course, you know that is common sense. We're fallen people we live in a fallen world, and when we marry a fallen person, no matter how sanctified we want them to be or think them to be, well, there's going to be disappointments. I've been disappointed in my marriage. Lucia has been disappointed in her marriage. You've been disappointed in yours, and your spouse has been disappointed in yours as well. Now, the big question is, how do we work through this? And so realizing that there are many angles to this question I want to come at it from one particular slice. And so this is episode 168 in our Life Over Coffee series. The title of the podcast is The Dawning Reality of Who You Really Married. At some point in our marriage, we wake up to the dawning reality of the person that we married. We get fully clued in. And typically, it is exceptional. It's an anomaly to be clued in uh, during the dating season. It almost, I I try to steer away from absolutes, but I really want to say every single time it happens post-marriage, And that's pretty close to the truth. And after we get in the marriage groove for an extended period, the dawning reality of the person that we married begins to become clear, and we have to deal with it. And that's why I titled this podcast. And you can read the show notes here, 168, the title, The Dawning Reality of Who You Really Married. Now, in this uh, podcast, in these show notes, I have several articles for you. And if you are in a difficult marriage, then episode 168 is your homework assignment, especially if you are the only person or the primary person in the marriage who wants to work on the marriage. And that is how it also goes most of the time. None of us repent at the same speed, at the same pace, at the same time. 
almost always one person will be ready to go before the other person is ready to start changing. And so there will always be that kind of inequitableness in the marriage. And so whoever that person is, and as with almost all of my resources, you switch the gender here to however it applies. Uh, Because in most cases, but not always, it's the wife who's ready to go first. I am... Uh, sharing this podcast from the female's perspective, primarily talking about the unchanging husband. But I am well aware, so don't send me those emails. I am well aware that there are many husbands that want to change and their wives don't want to. And so rather than being offended and sending me that email, just do something really simple here and just Uh, Wherever I say him or his or he, uh, just change it to uh, her or to she, and you'll be fine and just switch the gender. But what I want to talk about and what I've added here, in addition to articles, I have a mind map on how to filter your thoughts. And I'll talk more about guilty manipulation that a spouse can put on you And I have a mind map that will help. It'll give you a tool, a practical tool to walk through. And then I want to talk about this idea. It's kind of tied to the mind map of thinking correctly, but I want to take it from a different perspective and talk about true guilt and false guilt. And I have a 10-minute video here as well. So as I said, this is a deep dive homework assignment for you the person, whether it's the husband or the wife that wants to change and the other spouse is unwilling to change. And so I have a lot of resources here and I want you to spend some time soaking in them. Our mission statement, as you probably have heard, is to help people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. I have some practical tools in here. It's on you if you want the ongoing training If you do that deep dive, if you bookmark uh, these show notes here, listen to this podcast as often as you need to, you'll have ongoing training and you'll have uh, practical tools. So let's talk about this idea of when expectations and hopes and dreams for your marriage collide with reality. And when it does, it can rest heavy on your soul and even tempt you to despair as you ponder the possibility of a life sentence with a spouse who may never change. Now, there's a companion podcast here that I would love you to listen to. It's episode 146. So it was 22 episodes ago where I talked about this idea of a different kind, in fact, this is the title of episode 146, a different kind of happy ever after marriage. I'm not going to repeat that information here, but I will give you, I'll, I'll give you the prop statement. And what, it, what I communicated in that podcast, episode 146, is how some people can come into marriage thinking about this hip, hip, happy ever after concept or worldview, I believe sometimes in the mysteries of God that he brings people into a marriage where it's not so much about happy ever after as it is for one person to 
be on God's restoration team to help another person. Now, that's a deep conversation, and I'll just leave it at that, but you can listen to episode 146, and if you are the deep diver in this podcast, then that is part of your homework assignment. But in this podcast, what I want to talk about, well, let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I am not talking about an abusive marriage where you need to contact civil authorities and your spiritual authority to help you to bring change to your spouse and to your marriage. And so when I talk about the unchanging person, when I talk about the dawning reality of the person that you are, that you have married, I, I'm not talking about abuse here. Abuse is another conversation. Now, I've had that conversation many times, and there's a link here that will take you to a lot of articles that I have written on this idea of of abuse, and so I'm not going to cover that either in this podcast. So I'm not talking about an abusive marriage. Uh, What I'm talking about is living with a person who, honestly, the person can be rude, uh, the person can be harsh, Uh, At times, the person can be unkind. He can be preoccupied. He can be silent. He can be disappointing in other ways. And I think it's important for you to hear this, a big by the way. We're all like this in an episodic way. We all have been rude, harsh, preoccupied, silent. We all have been disappointing to our spouses, and so we want to make sure that we level the ground just a little bit. And so I'm not talking about the abusive marriage. I'm talking about this other kind of disappointing marriage. Your spouse is somewhere between being downright mean all the time, which I'm not talking about, and episodes of being disappointing sometimes. He's caught in the middle there. And that is the dawning reality, the only reality that I am dealing with in this podcast. Your spouse is a person who is caught in bad patterns that leave you despairing at times. Again, this is episode 168 the dawning reality of who you really married. And so I have, let's see what I have here. I have four thoughts for you. Thought number one is helping the caught person. Thought number two is how to respond. Thought number three is guarding your mind. And then thought number four, looking for those civil moments to where you can help this person. So let's talk about point number one, helping the cult. I will not share this text with you verbatim. I'll just point you to it. It's Galatians 6. And I would encourage you to read the first five verses of Galatians 6 as it talks about the caught person. Now, what I want to share with you is a part of that passage, how it begins in verses 1 and 2. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
a big point that I want to make right here is that there are 40 words that I just read to you, 40 words that I just read about this relational dynamic between a caught person and a restorer. How many words do you think Paul is giving here to the caught person versus how many he's given, giving to the restorer, to the person who is helping? Well, let me answer the question. Out of 40 words, seven of those words apply to the caught person, the person that's in sin, the disappointing person in your marriage. Paul only gives seven words. They are, if anyone is caught in any transgression, those are the seven words that Paul is giving you. The rest of those words are for the restorer. They are for you, the helper. There are 33 words here for you, and it is important for you to feel the weight and the force and the direction the attitude, the expectation of what the Lord is placing on the individual who is to be the restorer, your most significant call to action will be for you to guard your heart and guard your tongue. And this is one of the reasons he said, keep watch on yourself lest you be tempted Every discipler knows this, every counselor knows this, every parent knows this, and every restorer spouse knows this. If you don't guard your heart as you are helping the person well, you will say something unkind and you will complicate this. And so I want you to feel the weight and the direction of Paul's teaching here when you're helping someone and so you must guard your heart and you must guard your tongue. And you must realize that your spouse is choosing a path of foolishness. One of the assignments that I typically give spouses in a situation like this is to read the book of Proverbs and highlight every time that you uh, read the word fool or foolish or foolishness or folly. All of those words are essentially the same and if you read or highlight all of those words, pull them out, put them in a list, there'll be a lot of them. And they're all the opposite of wisdom, but it will give you a characterization of what this person is like. And it will also give you a lot of insight into how to help this person. And so if your spouse chooses foolishness, the onus is on you to be Christ-like. A person who thinks and acts foolishly is not going to change. But, but, their resistance to God's word does not prohibit you from living out God's word before them. And that's why there's so much force in this passage. 33 words that Paul is giving you to respond to the caught person who is acting foolishly because regardless of what someone else is doing, it doesn't prohibit you from being Christ-like. Then the question becomes, well, what does that look like to be Christ to an unchanging spouse? 
There are two great templates in the New Testament that give you the answer. One is in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, and the other is 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage. And what I would ask you to do as part of your homework assignment is that you would list those nine elements of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Put them down in a list, in a column, from top to bottom, in any order, and examine yourself. Are you living that out in your marriage and family? And then take the same list in first, or take the same idea in First Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude, etc. Put it in a similar list and examine yourself. You must examine yourself against those two templates. And I know what the temptation is, is to skip this part. Yes, I've done that. Next. No. Stop. Do it. Do it daily, by the way. Put the list on a mirror. Put it where you will see it every day and examine yourself uh, not just once, but multiple times because the truth is I'm not living that out and neither are you. And so if it's in your face every day, throughout your day, you will you will begin to transform into Christ-likeness. If you want to help the caught person, remember there's 33 words for you in this passage, seven for him. Now the question becomes a little more practical. Well, how do I respond to him? How do I respond to my spouse who is unruly or foolish Well, the answer to that is there are no clear-cut answers because your interactions with other people, specifically with your spouse, they fall under the big umbrella of wisdom issues. Nobody can answer that question, and don't expect anybody to answer that question, and don't ask anybody to answer that question, how do I respond to my spouse, because each situation is different. It would be like a, one of my mastermind students coming to me and say, I'm going to counsel somebody tomorrow. How should I respond? I don't know. I would have no idea. You'll respond according to the situation. It's called walking in the Spirit. God will give you the wisdom that you need in the moment. But there are, there are two working ideas here, and you find those in Proverbs 24. I'm sorry, Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. Here are the two verses. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. There's your answer. You need wisdom from God to know when to hold them and when to fold them. As Kenny Rogers would say, for those of you who are over 40 who recognize my illustration, God will give you the wisdom in the moment. By the way, if you are not examining yourself regularly and throughout your day, according to Galatians 5 and 1 Corinthians 13, God will be resisting you because you'll be grieving the Spirit and quitting the Spirit, and the very wisdom that you need to respond to your spouse will not be given to you. 
because you're not walking in the humility that, that God wants you to walk in. He gives favor to the humble. And so if you're walking in humility, expect God's favor. He will give you the answers that you need. You will know whether you need to answer not or answer a fool according to his folly. That is how you respond. Now, I realize this is not satisfying for a lot of people, and I understand it because they want, give me one, two, three, four. Well, that is... That is so problematic because if you had one, two, three, four of how to respond in the situation, what would your faith be in? Your faith would be in the answers that are outlined before you, and that is not biblical faith at all. God wants you to have faith in Him, not in the answers. And so you trust God in the moment. You exercise faith in Him, and He will give you the answers, and it may be one, two, or three, or it may be X, Y, Z. I don't know, but I know if you're walking in humility, God will give you what you need. And so I talked about helping the cot, 33 words for you, how to respond, the big umbrella of wisdom issues. Number three, guarding your mind. In many situations where one person is controlling, the other spouse can fall prey easily to the noise, to all that noise that's coming from the domineering person's uh, spouse. Paul gives us a filter through which to run every person's words. That filter is Philippians 4.8. You know the text of Scripture, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever's true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is just and pure and lovely and commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, what I have here in these show notes, episode 168, titled The Dawning Reality of Who You Really Married, I have a mind map here. And this mind map is Philippians 4.8, and I set it up like a filter. I am not going to articulate that here because you can look at it visually. Come to rickthomas.net, get episode 168. All of these resources are free, provided by for you by our supporters. And so there's no gimmick here or no trick. Just look at the mind map and get the idea. And there's a lot of scripture here that, again, would make an extended homework assignment to help you to be able to filter your thoughts according to the grid that Paul has built for us in Philippians 4.8. And then also I have a video Just click on the button, and it will take off, and you can watch it. But I want you to study the video on true and false guilt and ask the Lord to give you the wisdom to distinguish between what is true and what is false. If you put both of these resources together, the mind map on Philippians 4, 6, and this short video is titled Victory Over True Guilt and Defeating False Guilt. And if you basically memorize this, is what you want to do. That's why you want to linger. You don't want to put this in short-term memory because it won't stay there. It'll be, it'll be flushed out by the next thing that comes along. So you have to spend time studying this, and they're, they're here for you. And if you do that, it'll help you to think rightly 
guarding your mind is so critical, especially all the noise that's bellowing from your spouse who's trying to control you mentally. I have another article here called How to Take Your Thoughts Captive, and that too will tie into this mind map. It'll also tie into this video of overcoming true guilt, false guilt. And then finally, look for civil moments. As for helping the caught person, you want to find those civil times when he's not being arrogant, not being foolish, not shutting you down from communicating. You want to ask the Lord to give you those moments. And when you find those respites, that bubble of time between the foolish moments, ask the Lord not only to give you those moments, but to give you the courage to step into them so that you can help your spouse. Now, I have dozens of articles on the change process, and they're linked here, and I would encourage you to click on those and have them ready. I wholeheartedly recommend them to you. I, I want you to scroll through these articles, and I want you to ask the Lord to, Father, would you highlight the ones that I need that I can apply to myself and the ones that I can share with my spouse during these civil times. Now, if you want a larger assignment, a six-month assignment, honestly, from my chair, from my perspective, the best thing that you could possibly do is to read my book, Change Me, the Ultimate Life Change Book, uh, the Ultimate Life Change Book, together. That you and your spouse read it together. And if you can find a civil moment to where you can communicate that idea, hey, can we read this book together? If both of you would spend six months going through this book, it will take your marriage to a new and better place. So I have a lot of information here. I have resources, I have articles, I have a video, I have a mind map. And then there's a link here if you want to continue to talk about this. But do not skip across this podcast like throwing a rock across, a, skipping a rock across the water of a pond. You must go down. You must dig deeply. You must let these resources uh, course over your mind for an extended period so they can bring the necessary transformation that you desire, especially if your spouse chooses not to change. And then interact with us. We want to interact with you. Come to us. Let's talk. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.